Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap Road to ADCC 2021, headlined by Conan Duarte versus Mateus Deniz. We're going to recap Fight to Win 177, headlined by Rafael Lovato, Rafael Lovato Jr. versus Alexandro Sassoni. We're also going to preview Fight to Win 178 and talk a little bit of news for ju- professional jiu-jitsu. As always in the show, I'm your host, Maine, the co-host. Josh. How you doing, Josh? Good. It's uh, it's been a good week. It's been a fun, fun week of events. We just uh, kind of did a bunch of pre-show stuff, um, a bunch of really interesting ADCC matchups, a bunch of beef now, uh, and so looking forward to the September, uh, the follow-up card essentially. That is the weight class card that Full Gapping is putting on for a road ADCC. Is it technically that is what that is? I thought it was just like the big like who's number one tournament kind it of thing. It is, but it like it is the same dates the ADCC 2021 was going to run and it is a se- seemingly in like place of that. I'm showing Josh like the lineup for like the names and not the names for the dates and for the weight classes. Okay. So it's a bit, yeah, it's a big who's number one tournament, but essentially it's sort of, it seems to be filling the same role as ADCC potentially under a submission only rule set, as opposed to the ADCC rule set, which we saw this weekend is uh, awesome. I'm a big fan of the ADCC rule set. They modified it little bit here and there which is actually kind of nice like the negative points came into effect immediately well but they weren't calculated after the minute that's that's standard well that's standard but the pulling guard normally isn't counted as a negative point in the no points part of adcc so that was just recently changed okay i I could be wrong about that this week i'm going to go through the rules i said i was going to do it last week i didn't get a chance to do it because i had some other stuff going on this week um ask mo yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I might actually just go to fucking Texas and go to one of the rule seminars. It is important. It is important enough for me to know those rules that I may just like bite the bullet, spend the money, and go down to attend one because I'm a huge fan of grappling and I want to know. So you're like, I'm gonna mostly go for the rules seminar, but I'm also gonna go afterwards to watch all of the grappling. I mean that too as well. I mean if I'm there, I might as well watch like, some Eat amazing some grappling. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do. I do want to go to the rules seminar because I'm a big rules buff, and like, I, it genuinely bothers me. It, it is whenever there's a rules seminar, I'm like, I should go to that. That'd be fun. That'd, I would enjoy that. You know, I've technically never been to an IBJJF rules like seminar thing that they do. They're expensive. So I've never been to one either. Hmm. I've never been to one either. I, I just try I to just keep te- up with. I just the text stuff that you when I need rules. So. Out of this rules section, let's move to a little bit of news. Um, Josh said this last week. We did not talk about Michael Galvao getting his black belt. I thought we did on the show, but apparently we didn't. I don't I don't remember hearing it mentioned, but if you didn't know, now you know he's a black belt. He can't compete in IBJJF for another like till he meets two the two years. I, is think. It, I thought it was eighteen months. No, because you have to technically it's nineteen to get a black belt, right? Oh, so he's eighteen. They has to do he's seventeen. Oh my god! Yeah. So if he turns that. eighteen this year, fine. But he's still got to wait till he turns nineteen. I guess I don't know. That's kind. It's of, just disappointing. That, that's I'm so like, arbitrary. Like when you see a kid as a blue belt beating the shit out of black belts, like even if they're just like hobbyists. We had a really long discussion about this in the Grappling Rewind chat, and uh, I kind of agree with like look nineteen black belt. I do think if you if you win a world title at any belt level though. They should forego 
the like competitive requirements for you because you're special. Like that should be Dang. that should be the rule. So he's there. We don't get to see him in IBGF for a little bit now, which is super disappointing. But, but he's we're going to see in him everything on, else. Everything else we're I gonna, care to watch. He's either going to compete in the ADCC trials or possibly get an invite, mm. which would be awesome. Neither would like. Dude, dude needs to be in, and like that's for all, sure. I want to see Mike Gavow in for sure. He's earned it because he's awesome, and it would be really fun to see him do that. So at seventy-seven kilos, because I think he's a little too small for like he he's done eighty-eight. But in I think he's in too another small year, for... though, think about it. he's seventeen. What does he look like in a year? Is he bricked up at under ninety-nine? You never know. Look at the Rotolos. We're gonna talk about them this weekend. Um, so that's what I got. Test at ADCC. You should just do it. I love juice it. to the gills. You should. I would love to see it. So <laughs> that is that for news. Uh, and other news, BJJ Bet is coming back August 1st, and they have a match between uh, Nicholas Margali and Felipe Pena. That one will be uh, fire. It's exciting. When's the last time they fought? Uh, they were they were in worlds. the they were in the previous BJJ Bet bracket. Two thousand and eighteen. 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 I think. I think it was in the absolutes. Okay. So that'll be might have f- been in the weight class. That'll be a super fun match to watch. Um, we haven't seen a ton. We've seen Magali a little bit here and there. We've seen Penn a little bit here and there. So, again, it'll be a great match. There's some other great names on the card. Mateus Gabriel's on that card versus Lon Carvalho. Uh, Gabriela Passanelli versus Tiny Porferio. I'm really excited about that one. Looks to be uh, a gi match. We haven't seen Tiny in a little bit here. You know, we don't see her very frequently, so it's awesome to see her back. And some other really fun matches. Sam, the guys on the card. Should be a very entertaining match in our card, and we're going to preview probably in uh, a week or two. So that is exciting. Uh, other than that, Josh, I don't have any other news. I think we'll probably miss. Oh, yeah. One big piece of news uh, Ryan McGuire, uh, president of Third Coast and matchmaker for Third Coast Grappling, just took over as matchmaker for Fight to Win. Him and Seth have been talking about a partnership for a long time, and they've been working behind the scenes for a couple of years now, um, off and on, and now. Basically, Ryan has taken over the matchmaker position from Seth because Seth's like, look, I'm going to focus on other things, fight to win, do other things, run the events, and Ryan is taking the matchmaking uh, for fight to win. So I'm excited for that. I love I love the style of matchmaking that Ryan brings to Third Coast Grappling. And so if I can see that style of matchmaking featured more frequently on fight to win cards that we cover almost every weekend, uh, I was pretty giddy about that. Yeah, he, um, he just kind of doesn't give a shit. And he's just like... He's like, what match do I want to see? Let's make that match. Yes. Like, and specifically, almost messed up that word, um, he talked about when he made the brackets for maybe the middleweight GP, uh, Third Coast Grappling 7, he was like, look, I don't do one seed versus eight seed. I do what's the most interesting first round matchups I can make, and I make those. And what's the most interesting bracket I can make? Because like, this is an, an entertainment tournament that you want to see exciting matchups. Of the eight guys we have in here... Who do we want to see face each other? I, I set up a bracket to facilitate that. And I went, uh, as a fan of entertainment, I thank you for that. So, yeah, yeah big fan. If, if you know, he's, he's, I have full confidence in his matchmaking ability. It does suck to see Seth, you know, take lead the reins there, but he's obviously done it for a reason. We're at, what, fight to win one, coming up on 178? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to do this anymore so I can focus on other things to improve the business. Man, I can't believe after 175 of these that you're like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Plus anymore. all the MMA events and yeah. the other events and the boxing events and yeah, all yeah. the tournament. Yeah. So and it was, by the way, the 2018 Worlds where he beat Pena by Ezekiel Choke. 
That was a good match. Dolly. That was a good match too. So that would be fun. Um, so that that's the biggest news. Uh, Josh, what do you want to go through first? I say that we start with. Uh, I want to talk about one match. I want to start. I want to start with Road ADCC. Okay. And yeah. I want to start with Kynan Duarte uh, versus champion Mateus Diniz. Okay, first of all, there's not much of a match that you can talk about. It was I, there two minutes long. So much. There was two minutes and three seconds long, and Kynan Duarte finished with one of my favorite leg locks, the Texas Cloverleaf. Dude, he he legit just like beat the brakes off of him. Quickly. Quickly. In a way that we have never seen Mateus do you remember, Diniz do you, taken out. Do you remember like when he beat uh, Hadolfo? Yeah. It was, it was like the same thing. It was like, oh, okay, Dude. I don't feel like being out here that long. The difference in this match. He this, had to go pick up a burrito or something. He was like, I have a, a hot date. I need to be somewhere. I have things to do. The thing that struck me the most in this match, and more than like the finish, more than like the sequences, beautiful technique on display. We'll talk about that in a second. Kynan came out with a face on him that I have never seen him have before. It was a level of like confidence. And I think I think I put in chat like nonplus. Like he was just ready and he was going to go. He wasn't, like, angry. He wasn't amped. He was just like, I am going to go do this thing. And you could see it on his face when he walked out. And I said it in the chat. I was like, yo, Kynan looks like a different dude right now. He came out and was like, I, I think I'm going to win this match pretty quickly. So let's let's dude, get this over with. And he, he just took him down. And you don't see, not saying Mateus is bad on the bottom, but you don't see him on the bottom that much. Very and rarely from the bottom. Immediately. Anything that he tried to do, Kynan just shut it down. And then he was like, you know what? Here we are. I'm going to backstep from this takedown and immediately just goes into that leg weave position. And doesn't kind of like his passing. He's like, no, I'm going to sit back with it. Grab the leg. Like it was defended very briefly. And then he he switches the low side leg over. Yeah. And then you see him like turn and start to finish. And then Pena does like the hover hand. Not Pena. Deniz. Deniz does the hover hand. Very and, briefly. And, and then, then you see like, Kynan, nope, go, Kynan go, uh, we got to finish this. And Deniz goes, uh, you got me. Two minutes. Two minutes and three seconds. There's not much that you can talk about with this match. Other, other than, than like how... Kynan was like, hey, dog, not today. Dude. It's like, I don't have time for this. That's one of those things where you're like, I need to hurry up and get to the bathroom. It's like, I, I, I have to go. Dude, so we need to wrap this up. He's so good. It was, like it, was it is, it was a fan. Like we have never, even Gordon had a harder match and like a longer match with Mateus Tenez. It was defended differently. Like there was again a no time limit match. It was like, but he also played the game differently. He, too. he did, and he does. But Deniz and Deniz's defense, like Deniz, I think is at the top level has some of the best defense from a game planning perspective and from a technical perspective of any grappler. And to have a guy be able to like take him down, get to a position, go to the legs. Finish the legs. Just Duarte's on another level. And like the, that level of confidence that he had going into this match was next level. If this Duarte shows up, I do not know who can beat him. Gordon, I think, is the only match I want to see Duarte in after that. I mean, Gordon even brought up like this was a different guy that. Yeah, because like, they fought I wasn't three there, years ago, right? Uh, that was Worlds, Nogi Worlds at uh, IBJJF. Yeah. That was the last he time, was only like, time they fought. This isn't. This isn't the, it's like, if I would have faced this person at ADCC, it's like, or if I wasn't there, he would have won. That was, that was Hulk. He was talking about Hulk for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mixed yeah, yeah. him up. Sorry. Um, but still, like, Gordon was very complimentary of him. He was just like, that was really good. Like, everything he did. He, he yeah. There was no, like, him being 
a shithead or anything about it. He was just like, cool. Good uh, match. So good match. Go back and watch that. Um, again, we've been talking about Duarte is like the guy. He's he's the next coming of top level under 99 kilograms. We're going to see him for a while, especially if he looks like this. Um, but Josh, what's the next match you want to go through? Um, the Mikey match. Let's go through the Mikey. Let's talk, yeah. let's talk about the match first, and then we'll yes. talk about Mikey Musumeci, uh losing his cool in a way I've never seen him lose his cool uh, in the post-fight interview. And I can completely take back what I've said about post-fight interviews after this one. Um, Some of them are understandable. Like I get your point. It's like they're exhausted and they're like, <sighs> and it's like you don't want to hear that, right? Just like you didn't want to hear that noise that I, I made I, on. I did not want to, that. but you can do it twice and then move on. <laughs> so is that? That was another thing, too. It was kind of like a stalemate. Mikey was ahead with attacking Gio Martinez. Yeah. The one thing I was impressed with was when they went to the feet again, because Mikey had to wrestle a little bit, Martinez, like, bullied there and had a really good, um, not Tani Atoshi, uh, Hari Goshi on Musumeci, like, very quickly into the standing period where he puts Musumeci down onto his butt. And then Musumeci, like, I thought, at least in the match was on the offensive for the entirety of the oh, match yeah. in the leg locks. Like, there was two different leg locks. It was an armbar attempt from Musumeci oh, that, that I was, was like... ridiculous. Ooh. And Martinez is a guy that we've seen is notoriously hard to submit. Like, I think Marcin held him with a knee bar. I looked this up before because I knew, like, the dude has very few submission losses, very hard to sub. Uh, Musumeci has the arm out deep, and, and Martinez is just calm and pulls it in and, you know, gets through and starts to work the pass off of it. But other than that, Musumeci had two separate deep heel hook bites where he twisted and they rolled. One of them was off the mat. They had numerous times where Musumeci was going for stuff. Martinez would sometimes lock up, like, Ezekiel's and, like, topside toe holds and other things. And, like, there, there was – this was – 15 minutes of footlocks, essentially. And I was enthralled the entire time, but you always saw that Mikey had inside position. He had under position. He was like, Mikey was in a place that he wanted to go. Martinez was looking to counter and definitely keeping Mikey honest in certain places in the match and forcing Mikey to pull out and open space and get to double-seated open guard positions. But when they were engaged, 90% of the time, it was Mikey's show, and Mikey was on the offensive, pulling the legs through. Martinez, like, unquestionably world-class defense like to be able to get out of what he did and like the transitions that mike was able to hit to the inside and to the outside on the heel hooks and then into the toe holds and even on the to the two or three separate knee bar attempts that mikey musumeci went through defended by martinez repeatedly and well and then would go on the offense um the finishing sequence was telling for me and it's really where mikey ran away with the match both in the points and in like i think as many judges if it was going to go to the judges was that back take yeah, after it got to that point, and Mikey was like, "You know what? This ain't flying." You know what? After you know, all of these leg lock attempts that I've tried, super deep, beautiful looking. I hit you with hooks, my best shit, and now we're sweaty. Straight ankle locks, all this other stuff. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm going in, and he just like went underneath and was like, "Here we go." And Geo tried to avoid it, and I was like. Well, there were yeah, that's th- not gonna happen. There were like three separate attempts where Mikey started to kind of like Baron Bolo, like Baby Bolo underneath, and Martinez did a great job getting flat and turning out. But on the third, I think the third attempt that Mikey hits, he gets under and he forces Gio to turtle. Yeah, and then he just he threw that one hook in, and from there, and you heard Gordon going, he should go for a power half so he can like 
turn him over and get to his back. What I thought was funny and is Musum actually didn't do that. No, he didn't do that, and he still got the back because Gordon was like, he's going to get bumped forward. And and from my perspective watching it, I was like, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think Geo's going to like really like posture up too much because it would open up too much space for Mikey to mm-hmm. immediately stab a hook in. So what I thought was funny about that is I think that is a difference from a guy that fights at like 88, 99 versus a guy that fights at like rooster feather or bantamweight is you need the power half to turn guys over at the lower weight classes the space is so small and guys are not nearly as strong you can sort of you will see guys be more willing to fight with just top control because it's harder to shuck a guy off versus the bigger guys that are just so powerful and so i thought that was a con- an interesting contrast in style because i think at gordon's division you would absolutely need to have a power half there to hold that versus in mike's division he's just not heavy enough when someone postures up, it's going to get his body and hips off far enough to fall off the top. The, well, that's why people use power halves, because it, it just makes the body go where you want it to go because of the way you're controlling the head and the arm. I, when he was talking about that, I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. Like, the way he's going to get him to turn would be the power half. But I also didn't think that Mikey was going to end up getting bucked up too far to be too far forward to lose the back position. Mikey's hip control and leg control is so, so good. good. It's, it's fascinating. It's like a problem. It would be interesting to see Mikey use that like DDS style power half to get him to flatten out and see if it potentially worked. That's what I use because it's like I can't I can't find a better way to keep myself on the back in that position. There, it's just like it's so strong for my shoulders to he get down knows there. If you watch Mikey's like body mechanics, you can see where he knows to ride it to where he's not going to be too far forward yeah. or too far back. And then he just waited and waited and sunk in the one hook, then brought the other hook in. And you also saw the nuances in the rules where when he got the hooks in and he got the points and he went for the body triangle and got his points and then he lost the body triangle briefly and then got it back and got more points and then lost it again and got more points. Most places you wouldn't. I think you only did it twice. I think you only only, only six points. Was I incorrect about that? I'm looking. Oh no, nope, six. Yep. Yeah, so it was two. So it was they twice. didn't give him the last one. But still, like it was definitely like if you if you weren't up to date with the rules, you'd be like, why is he getting more points? But it was really cool just to see him control and continue to go. Uh, in the pre-show, we talked about once Geo stood up, how we could have thought it would have been smart, and he was already the bad guy in the match anyway. Uh, if he would have started to let Mikey sink in, like the grips for the rear naked choke, and pull a Rico Rodriguez and just slam him. What he means is in the absolute championship for two thousand nine or seven or four. One of the year five. One of the years was that it, was in yeah, California. Four, five. Uh, Marcelo Garcia gets Rico Rodriguez's back and doesn't get a choke. And Rico Rodriguez just bodies backpack slams him. And uh, Marcelo goes, "What the fuck?" And ADCC goes, "Yeah, you can't do that, but we're gonna keep going." And so, well, then he got choked. Yeah, and then oh, he got heel hooked. Oh yeah, he, that's he, how he got heel hooked. So I in this match you saw Martinez stand up and Mikey does a great job with the body triangle and get the ins. He gets his inside leg on the same side of the back of Martinez's. Um, thigh and a thigh uh knee and you see martinez try to like shuck him off like two or three times he tried to do that he tried and, to standing step over to clear that out and, and it wasn't a lot working. of guys you can do that but that's just not something that you can do on moose mechie because moose mechie is so used to guys backpacking him um 
and then you saw Geo go, I can't slam. And you saw for a second the wheels turn in Geo's head because Geo has that really famous slam of Jeff Glover in ADCC 2015 in, yeah. in the China event where he knocks out Jeff Glover and then kind of like that was sort of the last match that Jeff Glover looked like Jeff Glover was that match. That was like a, a performance-changing match for him. He gets slammed and then Geo passes and like, you know, and it actually takes a while to pass. It takes a couple minutes to pass, but Geo knows you can slam an ADCC, and I think he thought about, like, you saw him, like, change his hand position and then immediately start to defend again because I went, yeah, Mikey's a guy that if I give him a little bit of rope, he's probably going to be able to finish this. And then he does a front spike over sort of. and lands just enough on Mikey where I was like, that was a slam, but that was just not a slam enough where they're not going to call it an ADCC. ADCC will let you play with the rules wiggle, a little. Yeah. Will let you wiggle. And I appreciate that about ADCC. Also, you go off the mat; they don't care. Um, so they let it go, and then Mar- Mikey essentially just rides out the back. Rides control. out the time, walks over, and immediately, in the nicest way possible, starts talking shit about Gio. Well, no, he tried to. He tried to like shake. Well, he tried to his shake hand. his hand, and you know, he he's Mikey. You know, he's like one of the nicest guys in jujitsu, period. Yeah. And all this stuff happened. And then all of a sudden, you see a guy that's like, why are you being mean? I don't get this. Now I'm going to be mean. But it was the nicest mean thing. We also talked ever. to Eddie Bravo. He was like, he was like, well, you'd see him off the mat. Like, he didn't really care what was going on. He went and talked to talk, talk to Gio. Gio wouldn't talk to him. And then he tried to like talk to Eddie Bravo, and like you could see basically like why is he like this? What is he doing? What did I do? Why is he like this? And you saw and, and you saw Eddie Bravo like I don't know, man. Like and you saw Eddie Bravo like trying to just feel, like give Mikey like I don't know, man. I don't know what he, like what beef you guys have. Like yeah, you're like he's just a guy, and like I'm his coach. Like I'm I don't know what like what beef. Why you did have. you give him a black belt if he's gonna act like this? It was just dude, he he Go watch Mikey Musumechi's he has this like Oh what I just had what I was gonna say and I just blanked out on it. He has this romantic vision of jujitsu that is it is literally like the gentle art and it is supposed to be this way and it's supposed to be filled with respect and all of these other things and you should be very uh, you know, respectful. But on the other side of that, it is it's like, hey, 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 Mikey, you realize, like, if if you're following like the pure form of jujitsu, you shouldn't jump teams either. It was also what, dude? We came. He was like, a- you shouldn't be a black belt though. And he's and like, guys, you out of a tournament. Hey guys, should he be a black belt? It's like I'm a nice guy. Why isn't he being a nice guy? It was. It was the cutest thing in jujitsu. It was pretty adorable, but like, and I, but again, that's why I like. Partially he just why loves love it Mike. so much, yeah. and but he has a he has a different view of like he sees the black like having the belt as a whole experience and a whole like a representation of, of who you and, are yeah, 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 versus yeah. a lot of other folks and a lot of other people in the sport. It's like, are you really good? Okay, black belt. Like it does, you know. There, and it's a difference in philosophy. And this is not a philosophy podcast at all. But that was obviously Mikey's. In is Mikey's philosophy and thought process for like what that represents to him, and it was the most upset I have ever seen. Like even when Bruno did the fucking hand thing, and like Mike wasn't that upset about it, but this is he the- was a little upset. But then they talked it over, yeah. and I think that's what where he wasn't like, why is he acting this way? But angry Mike and Musumeci is my new favorite thing. 
I'm going to watch that interview probably like six more times. And Gio's responded and it wasn't, didn't, didn't seem to really address like. Gio was like, I only said two things. I don't get why he's so angry. And <laughs> it's, it's been an interesting couple of hours. It's the weirdest a, beef. It is, also it is talking about beef. Mikey Musumeci, uh, because he's such a jujitsu nerd, he goes over to commentary to Gordon Ryan. He's like, hey, Gordon, why didn't I finish this heel hook? What was the issue? Why couldn't I finish And then Gordon it? walked him through and talked to him. It was like, oh, Mikey's going to get better and better. Like, he's been training Nogi for, <sighs> so what, scary. three months in his garage now? Five months, he said. He's been doing it, like, nonstop. Dude, he hasn't had a rest day in five months, he said. So, I can't wait for Mikey to get an invite like he did last time, because uh, he deserved it last time. I want time. him to he actually compete, though. absolutely deserves the invite this time. So, oh, yeah. I can't wait to see him in under 66, because he is, he is now the best rooster weight, bantam weight, and featherweight. Well, I don't Arguably. think he's ever done rooster weight nogi. Sorry, he hasn't done rooster weight nogi. But he beat Panera, who is the number one rooster weight. He beat him at bantamweight, technically. That's true. Technically. But, like, he has taken out the top guys. Like, Gio's number one featherweight. He's now taken... Gio beat Meow. He has beaten the top guys at every weight class below lightweight. Should just go to lightweight. He could do it. He's I gone know. to heavyweight. So he's gone to ultra heavyweight. He's gone open weight. That match was Seif. So that was Mike Musumeci. Uh, looked next level. Again, I cannot wait to see how he continues to look. There's so many guys I want to see Mikey face. Can't wait for it. Love me some Nogi Musumeci. He gets the heel hooks on tap. It's going to be a scary, already a scary, scary dude. Um, that was that match. Josh, what's the next match we're going to go through? Nikki Ryan versus Dante Leon. This was a fun match. We all talked about it in the chat because it, for the past few months... I have no clue where you're going here. You, you'll know in a second. Everybody's like, Nikki's wrestling is so much better. And we're like, eh. And then today, uh, yesterday, Saturday, this match, Yeah, we were whatever. recording this on Sunday, by the way. I usually record this on Monday, but uh, Josh has an absurd work schedule now. I have um, off tomorrow. I didn't even know until last night that I have off Monday Yeah, but you didn't now. find out until tomorrow, so we did, we're doing it today. <laughs> right. As a result, by the way, we're not going to cover SUG because it hasn't happened yet. Moving on. Does anybody care that we're not covering Sug? There's some good match. There's some some decent matches on there. But anyway, um, Nikki Ryan out wrestled Dante Leon. He like straight up clowned him. Dude, that double the wrestling. That the multiple leg. times where he penetrated so deeply and got body locks to finish. He didn't get body locks, but he got like he got leg locks. Like the one double leg that he scores here. In this match, he shoots, he gets in super deep, both knees on the ground, he laces inside of the thighs, and then he drives his hips up and he locks his hands from the leg lock, never even gets to the body, he finishes that takedown from the knees around the thighs. Yeah, like right underneath the butt, where yeah. you should be finishing Not the double leg Not even underneath the from. butt, no, like he's like... He's, I think when I watched it, when I rewatched it this he, morning. He did it a couple times where he like, or he wrestled up the with the body lock. two times he wrestled up, he wrestled up and then he'd get his outside leg underneath the inside leg of Leon, push him down and then basically do a low single with that leg. I and mean, there's a wrestling term for it that I don't know because I'm not a competent wrestler at all. Um, twice he did that. And then the most interesting tactical thing he did in this match that I saw was with four points, he pulls. Because he had already hit the sweep on Leon once, and he hit that wrestle up from the bottom. Five points. He had he had a negative and then another. Negative. He had two negative points. Yeah, yeah, he, had yeah, a, yeah. he had to pull because he blew, blew yeah, his yeah. knee out. Well, hopefully, you know, it's not that serious. I hope it's just like but LCL. Like, you and it's just see, like, ah. you see at one point, like when they stand up to start over, that he starts limping, and that's why he pulled. 
And fortunately, like, he's wily enough with his guard where Dante couldn't do anything. Yeah. And that it's been a while since I've seen, like, Dante just be completely shut down. No, you can't shut Dante. He's the guy that's going to keep power and keep power and keep I mean, you look at his matches at, like, Noogie Worlds or, like, at Kasai or, like... Or ADCC 2019. Yeah. Like, he looked great. The thing was, <clears throat> Nikki just just shut it all down. The only trouble where Nikki was in was that one front headlock kind of guillotine position mm-hmm. earlier in the match. But he and almost then he uses the pass off he, of it. Yes, but then that was it. And yeah. then he kept just wrestling back up, wrestling back up, Nikki or Ryan, taking him down. Nikki Ryan has struggled in some rule sets. I don't think we've ever seen Nikki Ryan struggle in the ADCC rule set. I, and I thought about this because we've seen him have some like off and on matches in different rule sets. But if you've ever seen him, remember all his trials runs, all his matches and trials, you see him at the actual ADCC World Championships as like a 15-year-old, as like a 17-year-old. Like, dude, that camp and that guy understands those rules so well. It was set on broadcast. The tactical thing that he did is in the no points, he techs up and he single legs Dante from the guard, essentially. He wrestles up. And then he pulls, takes the negative point, because he knows he can do that again. And then he does that again. Then he hits a great long step pass around to get five points total. Even when he's down two because he has to pull later. Well, he didn't get he didn't get the other negative until he pulled when he hurt his knee. But that's sorry. So he only had the one he negative. He only had the one negative. He was up four to zero, but knew that he could take the negative pull. Just and then he doesn't get passed. But yeah. again, with Gordon on commentary, who was not biased at all. That was nice to see. Which was great. Because he talked about... He, and and they, he was like, he was talking about, if we're talking about this match, even if Dante passes, you have to look at who's been more active, and you'd have to say that Nikki has been more active. Which everybody who's watching the match, if you didn't agree with that, it's like, mm, you might not be watching the match. Right. The thing I liked is, these guys had trained together. And Gordon, Kyle asked him, like, how those matches go? And Gordon very tactfully, like, talked around... How those matches have went gave props to his brother, gave props to Dante, talked about, hey, matched up, talked about the rules. Like, it was a, he navigated that question in such a tactful way to not go like, you folks come up in the training room. Like, you're commentating your brother's match, and I thought he did a great job of doing that in a very non-biased way, in a way that it genuinely surprised me a little bit because it was just very good commentary with the background he had on both athletes. You see... You see that social media Gordon Ryan is like the fake personality. Yeah. Like when you just have him as a regular like analyst any, or gra- or like situation, you just hear him call it like it is and you know be Dude, a, one of the best normal... interviews, two of the best interviews I've ever done have been of Gordon Ryan where you're asking him about jujitsu stuff and like technical information and like his thoughts on like how he's doing, where he's going. Like if you ask him those sort of questions, dude is fantastically knowledgeable and articulate in in those lanes. The social media stuff gets in the money. I get that. I don't love it. But having him on commentary is just is just great to He's hear. He's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. He explains things a lot of times. When your three-time world about... championship champion goes to him after the match and asks him what he's doing wrong to finish a technique, you know that he's the dude to go to in the community. Well, the the way that, and we've talked about it multiple times when he's done commentary, how he does predictive commentary where he'll be like, uh, if this happens, he should go here and he'll probably do this. And then that exact sequence happens mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, he knows his shit. Also, the fact that he was explaining on the broadcast that 
most of the time they train ADCC rules and then they adjust their training to whatever rule set that they're going. And I thought that into. was really funny because it was like that's the first time I've I I have heard that before, but this is the first time it clicked where I was like, oh yeah, these guys are a nogi camp. This is the nogi event. The they're no-gi. obviously gonna well, it's like it's the premiere. Like this is this is the one you train for. Oh yeah, for sure. And if you want to be good at that rules, and it's such a unique rule set. I mean, this is the only other ADCC style event we've ever covered on the show. It's not literally ADCC Trials or the World Championships. In four years of doing the show, we have never covered an ADCC Rules event before, other than the World Championships. It's like, that's, it's not a thing. And so to have them be the only camp that is consistently year-round training this rule set, yeah, they can modulate to other stuff, but they have more familiarity with this than any other camp. And I thought that was like very, very interesting because they're the only camp that I know of that only trains ADCC rules. And that was just like a wild thing to kind of click finally in my head, even though I've heard them say it before. Sorry, I was looking up Nikki's Instagram to see if he posted if it, what kind of injury it was. They had him on a, lug, on, a, uh, on a baggage carousel, on the baggage carousel, um, the hotel thing with the luggage, luggage carousel, luggage. I know what you're talking they about. They had him in one of those. luggage dolly? That luggage dolly, and they were wheeling him around. It, was, it just made me laugh because he couldn't walk. But he just I said hope, he got injured. That's I, all I, I said. It. There's I nothing really from hope there. It's just like a like a like a bad sprain or like a like a minor tear. It's better that it happened now, though. You're like over a year out. Yeah, he he has enough time. His brother tore it versus Jean Gabriel Hosha, and he talked about it on commentary. Like yes. that was nine months out, and like oh, that wasn't even that long out. I think it was shorter than that. I think it was nine months because I think it was just enough time. He had six months to recover. March or and April? Three months, bro. You can do this. I can't do this. You know that. You were at that show, weren't you? Weren't you and Emil at that Kasai? No, no, no. That was different Kasai. That was okay. the Cyborg. That was the Cyborg oh, and Mickey yeah, Rod yeah, Kasai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were at the third coast. I was at the third coast with Bo Nickel versus Gordon. That's, that's what it right. was. Yeah, that's yeah. That's right. But you guys went to Kasai too. So. We did. Kasai, yeah. we were both in Texas in like a month apart. Yeah. So moving on, great match. Nikki Ryan gets it done via points. Gets injured, unfortunately. Um, again, Nikki Ryan under... You know, under AEC's rule set is such a hard dude to crack. Props to him. Again, I assume we're going to see this rematch down the line. Um, Hopefully with, it's at, uh, again, yeah. at 77. Um, Because it was at a catch weight of like 79. Yeah, I forget. They talked about, I forget. I think Nikki Ryan was the bigger one. I don't, I, I missed it on broadcast and I went to go back and watch it, but I just rewatched the match. I didn't rewatch the walkout. It's at the beginning of it. Right when the match starts, they say it and I forgot. I was, um, like, playing it on my phone while I was in the shower, like, post-work. I was like... It's a uh, peel behind the curtain. I don't need you, Ash. You're a busy man. When it's 150-plus degrees, when you're at work and you're constantly sweating, you want to go home and take a shower. That's the reason. And you want to watch, watch jujitsu. Right. And if you can't bring your phone into the, the shower because it's not waterproof... Josh, I have a, play I have a waterproof phone mount in my shower for, like watching jujitsu mostly it is like oh, boop it's, it's, one of those, it's like an eight dollar thing on amazon you stick it to your shower Ooh. rachel mounted it chest height because she's shorter than i am so you have to look down but yeah it's great you put jujitsu on it it has a little speaker amplifier dude it's it's worth it if you watch jujitsu it, it's worth it so um next match to talk about uh lucas hulk barbosa versus william Tack- the breaks the rematch off of tackett like 34 to zero and that's he styled on him if you remember 
ADCC is a 20-minute match, and only 10 minutes are points. So Lucas Barbosa, Hulk, scores. Could have had, like, I don't know, 80 points at that point? Eh, the match was a little slower I, at the I end. I don't know. He passed a lot. Um, but he just, I mean, as Kynan said as well, that he's just been training no gi, I guarantee you, like, the entire place is just doing a whole lot of Yeah, the whole Otto's gym, which is Hulk getting ready for and, this. like, Kynan and Galvao now and, like, Hanger. Dude, and, yeah. like, that... When Tackett loses, like, he normally loses, like, close ones or it's by submission. Yeah. We don't see Tackett get blown out like this. This was also I, this was also a very late replacement match, and Tackett's game for those, too. This was, like, yes. this was like three days out, so Tackett did not have a huge amount of time to prepare for Barbosa. Again, he's in shape, but, like, Barbosa is a tough nut to crack, and he's already faced Barbosa before at Subversive, where he was outpointed, but Barbosa just... Just turned up the heat on him. Yeah. In a way that he worked him like a well done steak. Yeah, it was just he was like, okay. He was on. And he didn't really set up a ton of subs, and that was kind of what Gordon gave him shit for in one of the post fight interviews a little bit. If you can't are you doing jujitsu? You've been doing it for twenty years. It was you the, can't submit a guy. It was the it most was the, backhanded <laughs> compliment ever because he's basically like he's like, Well, we can't submit guys, but he's very, very good and he's amazing at winning and great like, at he's winning, here to just win. can't tap him out. It was just this like, weird interview where it was like, I think Gordon is being nice here. It's like definitely underhanded. Gordon wrote his name on a bag full of shit before he lit it on fire and was like, just so you know, this is a bag full of shit that's on fire from me. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> there's, he, there's, he did give him props, though. He did. And he said he's good at winning, which is true. And he give he basically said that had I not been at ADCC in my division, he would have won my division. Like, he's amazing. Yes. But he's like, I want to submit people. And apparently Lucas does not want to submit people. Yeah. And again, you have to give it to Tackett. He didn't get subbed. Nope. But he got scored on but the, a and, whole the lot. The interesting thing for a high-scoring match like this is it, it means that defensively you are doing enough to be retaining your guard and or getting, getting out of, back to a safe position. You're getting back yeah. to positions and then being passed. So it's like sometimes these matches are really strange because you think it's like, oh, he gets blown out. It's like, well, he does. But it a lot of times a match that's a super blowout is like 8-0 to because it's like they never escape. And Tackett repeatedly in this match is like getting and working and continuing to like fight through and continuing to try to put up some sort of offense. And Barbosa is like shutting it down and then using it to pass and score again and repeatedly or looking to pass and score again. If you go back, you look at Leandro Lowe's matches where he's gotten 40 some odd points, uh, Cyborg versus Big Red, where he mm-hmm. got like 20 plus points. 27, I think. That was Nogi World's like 2018. That. Wiltsy in a in a you know local tournament scoring a ridiculous amount of points. Yeah, like okay, you've gotten out of these positions, but it's like at one point are you like okay, am I going to lose like ninety five to zero or am I going to get tapped out? At that point, if it if the score is so high, it's like I just don't want to get tapped. Whatever, keep scoring points. I just don't want to get tapped yeah. because and it's he doesn't. it's double doubly embarrassing. Yeah. Um. Again, like even when you're getting close to the top of the food chain, there is there are still levels where it's like Hulk. You've you've been near Hulk as a human being, mm-hmm. correct? I don't think I've interviewed him, but I. But you've have... been near him. He's not like yeah, yeah. this enormous human being. He's just wide and he's, muscular, he's thick. He's like yeah. he's just like a. But thick I don't think he's like big... super tall or anything like that. Mm, no, he's not that tall. He's he's like not, he's bigger than me, but that's not saying much, right? But he's like 
thick. Yeah, he's Hulk. So he's, yeah. he's shredded and he's big and he's right. muscular. Right, so it's not like... At certain points you look and you're like, oh, you're not that superimposing. But then you see him and like the veins are popping. And out then of his you veins. watch him stuff Gaudio's take down at ADCC by just like timing it, intercepting yeah, yeah, it, turning. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're a different kind of strong. So I again, I'm curious to see if we'll see Tackett at 88 or if we'll see Tackett at 77. I think Tackett, Tackett at, at 77 would be better. I just think this is like a lot, not, not too much too soon because like he's fought, you know, he's fought Barbosa twice, never been tapped by Barbosa. But I think like. The guys like Barbosa has size parity with a lot of guys at 88. He's a little stronger than most of the guys at 88, but he has a lot of size parity. I think Tackett, I would much rather see him at 77 because I think that he is going to have a much, not easier time because it's ADCC, but he is going to have a... It's like, not going to be as difficult. You're not going to have such big guys that are yeah going down to 88, like cutting the weight. Yeah, or like, got, yeah, or generally like losing a little bit. You're to not going to have sure guys that are 25 like, pounds bigger than you, right, right? Which is, I think, a little bit what played into this match. Again, great on great accord on both guys. It was a very impressive performance from Hulk. Um, if you want to see just beautiful Nogi passing, watch this match. It's definitely worth your time to watch. Um, it. I just don't have a ton to add aside from that. Yeah, I don't either. Josh, <laughs> what you got? We got f- three matches left. Two matches left. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, all we did. Of these. Which one to go? Which one to go? Which one do you want to go to next? Um, let's knock that one. Let's talk about Baby Vieira versus Liz Clay. Anna Carolina Vieira versus Elizabeth Clay. Um, Vieira takes it two to zero. Uh, she didn't turn it on until points. Yeah. And again, this is the same thing as like the last match. Clay got out of a lot of bad positions, mm-hmm. but she was being. From my point of view, she was being too one-dimensional. She was looking for what Clay is so, so good at. Leg locks, in, which is ooh, fine. In that particular outside knee bar to knock them on over. She likes that, really loves that knee bar sweep, and she's yes. amazing at it, and she hits it Absolutely. very frequently, and then she'll go to the outside heel hook. And baby, She tried the the Omoplata slash Gogo Plata as well that was from on, the takedown. That though. was honestly a weird decision, and I was confused as to why she did that because she didn't have baby's posture on the back of the neck when she, she had, did that. But she had the whole arm in there. It's The thing is when she started to readjust trying to do the Gogo Plata is when baby got her arm out. Yeah, and I, I thought it looked like to me that she had immediately shot for the Gogo Plata off of the takedown, and I went, mm, that's going to be a really, really hard thing to finish on a world-class level competitor like V. Although we haven't seen a ton from Vieira recently. recently, like that was probably seven or at least eight minutes, maybe 10 or 12 minutes into the match at that point. And I was surprised that, especially when you're slippery, that you would go for an Omoplata and you would combo with a Gogo Plata on someone who's slippery. She had a and great on bite top. on it, though. She did have a great bite on it. I just, it is a move that I cannot recall the last time I've seen it finished in a, in like a high level match. It was just an interesting thing to go to. Um, but baby looked good. She was consistently on the top position, working the guillotine. Clay would Super sort of try to tack up into the wrestling, yeah. and baby would immediately snap the guillotine and then push her hips forward so that Clay's head was turned and it was like angled down, so that Clay had to back out of the guillotine and like basically put hooks back in to get out of the guillotine. Um, if she wouldn't, baby would have either popped over the top or come to the side around and passed. So Clay kind of was like stuck in this middle position where her preferred tech up kept getting countered by the guillotine attempts from Baby Vieira, and then 
Baby did a great job, you know, staving off the Lego lock attempts. Like there's a two different knee bars where uh, Baby Vieira put the foot right in the middle on like the Running Man escape of Clay, and to turned out Clay was never able to fully get a good bite on the leg and start rotating. There was one deep knee bar before the points were happening, but after that, um, Baby just really played a very, very well thought out positional game. A, di- a game that was different than Gettys, too. We've seen Rafael Gettys um, attack Elizabeth Clay in a very similar kind of positionally dominated way. Um, but from the outside, Baby Vieira was much more inside on Clay. And she, I, I was curious to see, I need to watch it again, exactly how she was stopping the inversion of Clay. Because that's something we've seen Clay do a ton, and we didn't see it nearly as much here. Clay was much more willing to fight straight on, almost out of a butterfly guard position in this match. Which she's comfortable pants. with as and well. She, she's a great butterfly guard player. I think, player. again, it was just like the Vieira pressure, where she just like stayed low and stayed down and didn't allow that inversion to happen. She was right. killing one of the legs to prevent all of the inversion. So... I think that's part of what killed a lot of it, which, you know, hey, whatever. Um, it's oh, fine. On a side note, uh, Hadolfo, her older brother, Hadolfo, had a UFC fight uh, last night as well. He won by like, rear naked Probably choke. an hour, within an hour of her match, and won, won in the third round of rear naked choke. Did you Didn't, see him, like, hopple in the back? That was dude, sick. Beautiful transition to rear naked choke, finishes it, and then he gets it while he's getting slammed. And it was just a really nice finish. Vieira, yeah. it looks like he's obviously worked on his cardio a bit because it was deep into the third round. He fought, through, few, some, fought f- through some adversity here. A few people were like, I wonder if he had COVID before he went into his last match. Because a lot of people were like, I remember when I got it and then went into training and it really affected yeah. like cardio. So who knows? Hopefully he's not like just trying to stay as big as possible for 185 and then like doing a terrible cut. Yeah, he looked he looked a little less gigantic this time, but it was a great finish sequence. I don't want to talk too much about MMA, but it was given it's of note as they're like related the and brothers. Both, you know, they both had great you brothers. Know, they're brothers. They're siblings. Is the word I'm looking for there. <laughs> um, and he also had a nice submission finish uh, in the UFC, so he's back with the win column there. So, anything else on that match? No. I would love to see. Uh, you know, if we're doing it again, I'd love to see one or two women's matches on the card. I think this is also a good showcase that there needs to be more women's weight classes yeah because plus 60 kilograms is broad and if i'm not mistaken that's like 128 i think it's 35 i don't know why i think it's 35 i don't either uh let's do 60 times 2.2 it's 132 132 okay yeah so 132 and up and clay's like 140 low high 140s low 150s she's not that small yeah. Is she really She's in the 150s. Like between like 140-something and 150-something, if I'm not mistaken. Right? But a lot of these other women are like 160, 170, 180, 200-plus pounds. Gabby Garcia, 235 with abs. Like, like 220 with abs. But still, uh, yeah. No, I think she's 235. I looked this up. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's, she's a very, very large woman. Um, <laughs> but like, again, like look at... Uh, we'll talk about them in just a little bit. Maria Maljasek and Kendall Reusing. Yeah, fight to win. They're... Both larger women, like they're heavier than than Liz Clay. Yes. So if you had like under sixty under sixty kilograms would be under one thirty two. If you had like 
55 kilos, maybe 57 kilos, somewhere around I that. I'm not good with the conversion. 60, 65 would be, I think would be the right way to do 55, it. 55, 65, and up would be fine. I think 75, if for, for a lot of the women, you're, you're dealing with a... What's 75? Times 2.2 math. It's 165. That's perfect, I think. All right. I mean, you're not wrong, Josh. It could be. I think that's perfect. I would, where I, you have, I like, just would love to see, because there's a lot of women that, that are below 130 those... that are like 110. Like Rokako Yuasa. You're like, like like 105. Like Patty Fontes. Like the, like the smaller women that still have 30 pounds to go up in weight. Like I think there's a huge, much bigger belt. 55 kilos is 121. Yeah, I think 55. 55, 65, 75. Easy. It's not wrong. Okay. I think I think it's I would again I would love to see another another women's eight person division, three of them. I think I'd we love need to three see of them. a sixteen women's division. You know, cool. whatever. So uh that is That's not it. We've got one more. I'm saying yeah, that's that's that match. Oh, let's that move is on to match, the yeah. next match, which was the opener for the card and holy what shit. What a great way to open was the card. It an opener. You had Roberto Jimenez taking on Cade Rotolo. Cade Rotolo coming in on like five minutes notice. Something like that. He was like, "I'm gonna come watch this match," and they were like, "Hey, can you fill in? Can you fight like, yeah, Jimenez sure. on like you know we were, you know been surfing for a couple of weeks for in Costa Rica with your family? Uh, you got two days. You want to come back and take? You haven't trained at all in a while. Uh, you want to come back and fight a guy notorious for absurd cardio, and you're also notorious for absurd cardio and crazy pace. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'll fight him for you know opener of the match and one of the biggest cards we've seen in a while." They put on too, dude. That first that five takedown. Which takedown? The, the first takedown by Cade was just like, oh, shit. And they just went from there. They were constantly, like, changing positions. There inverting. were so many, like, handstand hip heists and transitions from body locks. And then they were both doing the thing where they snake the outside arm inside to the they hip were line and then try to hip that, heist you. They were, they were able to sweep off of positions where you look and you go, that shouldn't be possible. They were able to sweep off of like they were on a, like, like a breakdancing flare. They were on like one knee tabletopped, and then they were like, "Man, I'm gonna sweep you." There yeah. were there were some sweeps where you're like, "Don't just white belts do those because they don't know anything else?" And they were just pulling them off like it was yeah. no big deal. It was like a return to form of just like those two were going after. I each wish other. I honestly had like more technical analysis to provide of this match, other than that shit was fucking crazy. You should watch it because there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can say on the mic that's going to even do justice to like the technique and the way these guys move their bodies to transition, to pass, and to like what they did in the match. It was we just would literally absurd. have to do a separate part where we showed the match, yeah, and broke it down. Not frame by frame, but just like instance Piece by, by instance, yeah. and then that our YouTube channel would get a strike from Flow Grappling. It, it would definitely. Although get technically, that's like fair use. It would be fair use, but we'd still have to fight it. And I've never. I don't want to do that. That's a I whole don't either. A whole can of worms I can lead you into later. But oh no, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. that. Um, I don't even YouTube. And I got YouTube Premium. Worth it. I got it for the wedding. Uh, I haven't seen an ad in like two months. Worth whatever I pay for it a month. I think it's twenty dollars a month. No, I think it's like thirteen. I think it's twenty. I don't think. I think it's. I think it's twelve ninety nine. I think maybe thirteen ninety. Whatever. Twenty bucks. It's still worth it, Josh. Worth it. So uh, yeah, we are on YouTube. If you uh, follow us on YouTube, you can <laughs> find cool interviews we do when we do them. Um, we're gonna produce some really interesting stuff in the future. So yeah, this match was absolutely crazy. Roberto Jimenez, I think, aside from Gordon Ryan, is the best body lock back taker in the sport. Oh, you you were you were right. It's eleven ninety nine. What's up, Josh? I pay it. 
Um, it's a bill. You I, said whatever it costs. It's a bill I incur monthly <laughs> that I just started incurring. Um, yeah, I think Roberto Jimenez is the best body lock uh, back taker aside from Gordon Ryan in the sport. The way in which he does it and the frequency in which he does it, as soon as he has the body lock and he's able to turn the corner, he's able to get his hips out on the side he from the bottom of the He just lifts the body up in the right angle at the right and time and knows how to just transition under. As soon as he gets under. his far side hook to your outside hip, when he has that body lock, he can hoist his entire body over. Even if you do what Cade does and try to get to your back flat to the mat to prevent the back take, he can lift you up in that transition and get underneath you still. And then he can adjust you over, keeping the body lock on you. And he does that to Cade Rotolo. And it was like, what do you like? What do you did the right thing? What do you do? Like, other than pushing directly on the chin of the face, and even Cade did that, but like Jimenez is so good. I think it's that transition, that transition from him being like a lighter weight grappler into a heavier grappler. He's carrying over a lot of that technique that the smaller grapplers use yeah. at a heavier weight now. I also think that Jimenez here was like so this match I think had a big shift in point. Caden Jimenez hit pushed at an insane pace for the five first like five or six minutes of the match. Almost and then ten minutes. And then you saw um Jimenez get on top and you, you saw, saw the pass. And you saw and the output of Cade down. just had to slow down. I think yeah. that was because Cade was coming in on such late replacement. You're again you've been surfing for like You've not been training. Yeah. And then he came in to fight a guy that specifically beats guys with cardio frequently, and that's also your tool. Just couldn't run at that pace. Slowed down. Jimenez is eventually able to get to the back. Uh, does a beautiful job of trapping the low side hand with his leg in the body triangle. And then Cade's fighting with one hand. Jimenez extends the hand out. And then he keeps digging and digging. And finally just sinks it through and locks it up and gets the finish. What did, Again, it was a great way to start the card. Oh, yeah. Great way to be like, okay. It got, it got me. I was, like, the pace. I was like, cool. I picked, I picked a good, I went to my buddy's house. I was like, I picked a good card to, to have on this big TV at his house and hang out and have, have Mexican food. So this was, this was my only issue with the entire thing was all of these matches are running on the instance of it's a finals match for ADCC. The first half of a finals match. They're not 40 minutes long. Finals matches can be 40 minutes long. They can be. Yes. But they start at 20 minutes. Where the first ten minutes are no points, yeah. and the second half is points. Yeah. But if it goes into overtime, then you add another ten minutes or twenty minutes. I think you go up to two. I need to look at the rules again. They can keep going. Yeah. I haven't looked at the rules in a little bit, but we've we frequently talk about like time of matches and watching a twenty minute stalemate. Not that that happened. No, this didn't happen on the card, and it was great. But that's rare but to have a collection of matches. Drug it out. A yeah. little bit. So at six matches, that's if they all went the distance, that would have been what 120 minutes, two full hours of time of, ma- of match time. Of that's match not pauses. Time. That's not that's walk not out. the that's in not... between where you have yeah. to watch the commercials or the thing where or it shows the, or the interviews or, or the interviews or yeah. anything like that. It didn't feel like a super long card. No, it was paced. It, I it there was, was also we had some subs in here too. Right. So that so was like I mean the Barbosa match bit. being. Two minutes long. The Jimenez match being almost a little more than half the time long. Like there were two matches in there that essentially Not the Barbosa match. The Barbosa match was sorry. The Jimenez and Cade Rotolo match. You know, having a couple of submissions in there like was good. Having the first match and the last match, um, but we had a solid eighty minutes of matches. Yeah. And for this one, for this particular event, it wasn't a problem. It was. But we have seen it be a problem so frequently for longer matches. Uh, I. Again, to keep the level of competition, the caliber of competition here, 
I personally don't have a problem with, and in the ADCC rule set, I don't have a problem with it. Until it becomes a problem, then I will. But right now, I think a six-fight card, like, I was actually happy with I think it may be different. I was actually happy with the pacing of this card. I enjoyed it. I sat down. Um, it didn't feel like to me that it was, it dragged. And that was good. Did it drag, did it drag for you a little too, bit? It didn't drag for me, per se, but I was just worried the entire time, like, this could be... 20 minute match after 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Match the, you're like, this could match. be 130. Like, I, yeah. I, I prepared myself for the worst. And I was, you know, I was surprised and delighted that it wasn't awful, that it didn't drag on and it wasn't boring as hell. Right. You know, the Mikey, the Mikey interview alone, like, rejuvenated made up for me anything. in the middle of it. Yeah. And I almost, like, I woke back up after that and I started watching, like, the beginning divisions of, of sumo at like one o'clock in the morning um so i think yeah. i think a great card i would love to see great more card. of them. i think i would i i think this for me goes i want to see more events not trying their own rule set i want to see more events using the adc's rule set it's the biggest most if prestigious they do more road to adcc's yeah. like but if I'm they saying, do another one in like four months it's near the end of the year cool yeah, i think it's the biggest well i think we're gonna have trials coming up in november like we're like four months away what, do we, it right around the same time as trials. From trials, Flo, did Flo do the trials last time where you could watch him? Yeah, Flo Flo's broadcasting all of the trials this year. The first trials that is happening. Oh, that's, that's news. Where where this event kicks off what is essentially Grappling Rewinds ADCC coverage. Build like, up to the stuff that we started the podcast, podcast to do. Essentially, yeah, to cover ADCC. What an awkward conversation that was. Yeah. Hey, so you like jujitsu, and I like jujitsu, and that whole ADCC. Do you want to talk about it? Like, awesome. man, do you want to do a podcast? In- like, yeah, Josh, I'm trying to roundabout way to get you to do a podcast with me. Are you down? <laughs> he goes, I'm down. And four years ago, we're in a different house now with actual good equipment and like cameras and lights and stuff, doing a podcast. A nicer soundboard. A much nicer soundboard. Yeah. So yeah, great. Um, that was Road to ADCC. Great. Watch the entire thing. Trials are in November. We will be at trials. I'm going to trials. I assume you're going to trials. The one in Jersey? Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know when the trials are. What day is that? Do probably you know Saturday, Josh. What? Again, I work in a restaurant. November. It's gonna. It's it's probably the second November. It's probably the second November. It's probably in the second Saturday in November, I believe. I'm also maybe doing Masters Worlds, so that's I mean, also in November. Josh, do it. Do trials. No one cares about Here, go and watch trials. Josh, go or do compete. trials. Do trials. Second round when you when you know you have some monster you run into because you're old now, and some 14 year old comes and guillotine chokes you. Or sign up for heavyweight at Masters One and possibly run into Shanji Hibero first round. Yeah, that's not fair. Shanji, if you win, if you win, I it, can't believe he's not that old. That he's not even in Masters Two. He's in Masters One. And still. Guess, guess who else is in? Lovato's now doing Masters. And the Meows are doing Masters. But Lovato's older than I am. He think he's still Masters 1. No. I think, he's still, I, think he's, no. I think he just did Masters 1 at some event no. like two, two weeks ago. I, ref- so, I refuse. So that does our coverage for ADCC. Cannot wait to do ADCC trials. I'm going to be there live. I'm probably going to West Coast trials. I'm going to probably not go to other trials because I can't afford to like leave the country with my camera gear. He's 38. He's in Masters 2. Suck it. All right. You're right. Is he 38, really? Yeah. Good for him. He's he's like a so, month younger than my wife. Let's talk about Fight to Win 177 headlined by Lovato, uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. versus uh, Alexander Sacconi. Sacconi. Yeah. Where? Okay, there it is. Couldn't find my results here. 
Well, um, you don't have all of the results there either. No. You yeah, go. you do. Right there. So this was the headline match for SV, this is for the Masters title for the light heavyweight for um, Fight to Win. There you go. Yep. It's a great match. Sassoni had. It was a great match. I was super impressed with Sassoni here. And you've talked about Sassoni before at length. We've covered him a bunch before. Again, if you've watched as much jujitsu as I've watched, which is a lot, you know a lot of these people. Uh, Sassoni, I can't remember which. Hilly and Gracie. That's the one I couldn't remember. Hilly and Gracie. Hilly and Gracie is very well known for his guard. Think it's Hilly, and now somebody's going to be like, "No, it's this one," and that's fine. It's it's one of the R Gracies. It's one of the older guys, and even Hickson's like, "Who's got the best guard?" That one, and Sacconi has an amazing guard, but so does Lovato. Lovato yeah. from close guard is phenomenal, wizard. And this this is what happened. There was a lot of back and forth thing, a lot of like build ups. You saw like, I think Keenan calls it the '90s worm. Where, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, 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 he Lovato puts the what, lapel underneath the what leg. happened yeah. is Lovato at one point in the match tacked up, or Sassoni was attempting a double leg from the knees, and Lovato had the cross side lapel of the gi underneath, underneath the front side. Is it and fed through? Yeah, fed through, and then he had it. He had it underneath Sassoni's thigh. I believe that's what's called the nineties one. So I'd that have to go back Sassoni could never really stomp down on that front look and couldn't get on his front leg well, and couldn't it get the posture that back. Doesn't that Lovato's got like eight foot long arms? Those either. have very long arms. Those guys are the guys that have like the great arms for those type of lapel mm-hmm. games where they can reach down super low yeah. and grab it. So he does that and doesn't. I think he has it deep once and he really just stay, he stalemates Sassoni's um, like top end wrestling there, puts him back down and then. But then he got like tossed over with that same grip as well yeah but there was a, a point in this match where lovato like essentially inverts not like uh and there's traditional an, inversion there's a name for this sweep and he like overhead sweeps him it was like a holeta sweep maybe that's what it's called where he just like kind of like turns over and just kind of brings it, it like sort of like a tornado sweep from cyborg if you can think about but that. it was awful like the shoulder more so than underneath yeah and he just yeah. rolled through and came up on top into guard. And it's just, it was, again, for guys that are older that are still putting on this pace and still competing. And, you know. That's why I love the fight to win has master's titles. because Well, it's more so also for the fact that Lovato, as far as I know, can't compete in MMA anymore because of PS, whatever the brain is going thing. on. You know? And it's like, for jujitsu fans that want to watch him compete, that worked out great for us. Yeah. But it's a, still a shitty situation where it's like, hey, you've got these things. Hey, you're Bellator middleweight champion. You have brain things that the commissions won't let you fight now. I'm blanking on the name of what that condition is called. I, I am as well. So but you if go he back kept to- going, and the thing is, like, he's fresh in the sport from a standpoint of not repeatedly getting punched in the head. So yeah. even as a 38-year-old, he probably could have had a longer career. Because he didn't start until like mid- Mid-30s, Yeah, probably early 30s. Early 30s. Early to mid His LFA fights, he fought um, Trailblazer, Kevin Holland, in uh, LFA. And that and he, he wasn't in LFA for a minute um, before he changed him to Bellator. But there was a potential like- Maybe he just drops out of Bellator and goes to the UFC. Like there was potential for him to be elevated to those yeah, levels. He could have had, had he could have had a top level six or ten year career. And who you knows? Know. But we don't get to see that. 
but we get to see him come back to jujitsu, which is always fun. And, you know, I've hit a beautiful passing sequence here at the yeah. end. Takes a pretty definitive, very, very back and forth at the beginning, but Lovato puts the pressure on and gets passed victory. at the end and like really kind of seals it and cements it shut. Never really gets um, a deep, deep sub, but throws a couple up. And, you know, but was also never really put in a bad position no. to. No, he was in the driver's seat for the entire like, match. Questionable. Um, again, great match, both guys. Very fun. Good lapel work. I liked the pacing of it. It was a Masters Gi match that showed that those matches can be exciting. Both guys were going um, and active from the guard positions and in the passing. None, nobody just locked someone down and tried to like wait them out. So, again, I love, love watching both these guys. Excited to see who Lovato defends his Masters title against and, uh, for the first time. Uh, moving on to, we have Kendo Riesling ver- using every time, Josh, every time, uh, versus Maria, Maria Maliasek that ended pretty quickly with uh, a dueling toe holds. Um, unfortunately, I could not see Maria's positioning on the toe hold, but it was it obviously was, She was tight. on opposite side, but as soon as Kendall started attacking the foot, because Maria just pulled guard and they started going from there, Kendall's feet were both heavily taped ankles down yeah like it was like muay thai tape almost so she starts attacking but she's got no uh control of the leg whatsoever well, she started and her hands eventually ended up big toe side and you're not going to finish a big toe toe hold side toe hold yeah and maria grabbed on the foot from what you could see she grabbed the regular toe hold mm-hmm. but she was laying on top of the leg so the leg couldn't even rotate so you're literally just twisting the foot yeah and kendall was super quick to tap she yeah. was like so audibly was, the camera was, was on her and she was like tap 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 and that was it i don't know if there's a leg injury there a foot injury there we've seen kendall taped up before but it was like it was she was more taped than i have seen her in the past um and yeah, Maria gets a very, very quick, very quick one. toe hold. Again, unfortunately, we I couldn't see the angle of like her hand positioning, but I saw that Kendall had to adjust and was like top side toe hold on the big toe as opposed to yeah. like top. And her lower leg wasn't around Maria's leg. Like looks yes. like she was trying to scoot it under and trying to adjust, and just didn't get a chance to because Maria just snagged a toe hold very, very quickly. Um, quick match again. Blue on blue gi is always hard for me to see. Uh, but I was able to make make it out and work it out. Um, also on this card, we had Davi Ramos t- uh, taking on Pedro Mourinho. Mourinho took that one by decision. He did. It was it close was, match. It was close. It was fun. Um, Mourinho just really put a pace on Ramos. And Ramos was good and throughout the entire match. They both threw some flying stuff here and there. Uh, Mourinho was super aggressive, pushing to the edge of the mat, and like really had the initiative in the match for... The majority of it was the was the one on the offensive. Who is this Pedro Mourinho guy? All right, thanks, Chael. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was that. That was it. Was it was a super? It was a good card. I we usually cover the top match on fight to win. Um, it was awesome. All, all in all, a very very fun week, uh, fun weekend of grappling. Um, if you're watching the show now, we will. You can watch Sog the replay of Sog. We're not going to cover it because it's a uh, 4:45 right now. Uh, Sunday. Of course, it's on. No, it happens at eight or seven usually. Oh, they're doing. Or is it six? It's in a couple hours from now, and we can't have time travel, so I can't tell you the results of it. Six p.m. Yes, what happens in two in an hour? Mourinho's competing on it. Yeah, because he's a gangster. He's he's the main event. Yeah, versus versus, Varela. uh, Varela. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna see Mourinho here in like. 10 minutes all if you follow us on instagram which you should at grappling at grappling rewind or on facebook um i'll grappling put some rewind. i'll put some results up there for it and maybe you know 
going to call and talk for 30 seconds about those matches. But this next week, we got some fun stuff. We got Fight to Win 178 headline by Sanji. We were just talking about Sanji versus Felipe Trovo in a Nogi match. That'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, Sanji's just so good Nogi and doesn't give a shit. He's just like, I'm going to just do what I do. Trovo's been on... Trovo has been on like a tear though recently. He just lost recently though, didn't he? Uh, like they, see, they I, didn't make his name clickable. I went to go look and click on his name to see his record, and I can't. I, it's it's just all blanked out, and I can't click on it. There's also uh, Cachino versus Pedro Diaz. Pedro Diaz looked really good in his last outing too. This would be a super fun match. Cachino on Fight to Win recently has been just like pushing an aggressive pace using a ton of guard work and like great inverted sweeping from the bottom especially pulling with like the lapel sweeping i'm a huge fan of the developments of cachino's game recently and with the performance that pedro diaz has had recently should be a super exciting i'm i'm foreseeing this being a fast page match so that's a great coming event we also have victor hugo versus guillermo augusto big guys doing yeah. big guy things Look for Hugo. Look for Hugo's guard here. Um, I would. I think potentially Hugo can take this via sub. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me to see like a quick toe hold or knee bar from Hugo here, off and off like a bottom inversion sweep to the top. Like Hugo has, you know, looked really good. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Especially in fight to win recently. Um, yeah, it should be should be a ton of fun. You look, find anything, Josh? I'm looking for Trovo's name, and of course they just try to make it more and more difficult uh, to find everybody. I'd, I'd, it'd make more sense like in the search field if you just brought them up and the first thing was their uh, either their ranking or the link to their win-loss yeah, record. that's and what everything. I was going to say. Again, but they're, they're improving it. They it's, didn't have it six months ago, so I'm happy that at least yeah. we can, we're starting, we're, it's again, I love that they're continuing to develop the site for Flow, and we're starting to see, like, it be more usable and easier to follow and, like, click through results and names on the sport, but can't pull it up right now. So, uh, I don't think anything else is happening, Josh. I'm double-checking. I, I double-checked, and I think we're probably missing something major as well, the usual. the pan kids, but we don't, like... We don't cover, usually cover, cover we that. don't cover kids. Usually. Same thing with like uh, the Jits kids. Yep, thing. Jits kids and Third Coast had their kids mat- their kids event this last weekend as yeah, well. Yeah, so from 178 the following week is 179 and BJJ Bet 2, yeah, which, should so, be, which, which should be fun for next week. Sick. And then coming up after that, more Fight to Wins, Emerald City Invitational. Yeah, looking forward to that. I'm probably, I'm probably going to that live to do some coverage there. That will be uh, exciting. That's in Atlantic City, right? Mm-hmm. Haven't been there in five years. Did you go to Rob's fight? No. Oh, okay. I didn't go, didn't go to the other fight for him. We all rode the bus down there. That was pretty fun. Yeah. I went down for a bachelor party like five or six years ago. It was a, I won a, it was a fun good weekend. chunk of money there. I don't really gamble because I'm uh, not I, good at it. I don't. I also really had no either. money. So like, <laughs> that was like why I don't use the gamble because I was broke as a joke then. Um, I, yeah. I left plus 450. There we go. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. That so wraps it up, I think. It does, Josh. It you, does. you got anything fun going on this weekend other than the crazy-ass work schedule? Um, no. There's another... If you if you uh, do jujitsu and you also work in the restaurant industry, you know opening a restaurant is ridiculous. And you have to work crazy, crazy hours. Uh, and that's what you're doing. I think the past, like, what, two and a half weeks have been minimum 10 hour days 
and working six or seven days a week. Um, so yeah, like 60 plus hour work weeks in kitchens and stuff like that. It's like almost a hundred degrees every day here in Baltimore. Yeah. It's really fun. It's been like 98, 97 consistently during the day. So, but other than that, you know, just sneak going in training, just trying to spend as much time with the fam when I'm not, uh, dealing with, uh, foods, cutting up animals and other things like that so yeah nice i got a i did my three month not three months i did whatever my follow-up for surgery was supposed to be my final one but they're like we'll see you in three months we're gonna look again it's like just in case because you're kind of a cripple you're kind of not recovering super quick so we're gonna just check again three months so i've gone pt i did get approved to go swimming finally um because i can now like rotate my shoulders more i can lift a little more weight now um so i got like i've got i got some like we're moving of restrictions for what I can do. So hopefully I can like be doing a little more and not just like chilling, which is what I've been doing for the past couple of months now for the most part. Maine has been sneaking into jujitsu and purposely like handpicking who he's rolling with very gently. I'm not. I've definitely seen you moving around. I moved my with, wife a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. It. Handpicking. Yeah, I moved around with my wife twice and I realized like this is stupid. I'm going to hurt myself again. So I stopped doing that. <laughs> Did it like two separate days, and I was like, "You're like I'm coming to the seminar, God damn it!" No, I'm just I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah, that day, yeah, it was yeah. a blackboard promotion though. Yeah, so I had like yeah, yeah I moved around a little bit, and then uh, one other time out, that I was like, mm, "I'm gonna hurt myself. Let me just give it three more months off." And so that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, just, just go ahead and start deadlifting. It'll be yeah, fine. No, it'll be fine. So I can lift 30 pounds now, Josh. I got I got to prove to lift 30 pounds. Can you lift? Hey, hey guys, can I? Can I bump it up 15 more pounds and just use an, a normal Olympic barbell? No, I got I got bumped up from 15 pounds to 30 <laughs> pounds. And then you I, can use those CrossFit women bars. They're like 30 pounds. Are right? they? I think so. Huh. Maybe I should get one of those. But yeah, so that's I'm approved now to lift like like a grocery bag, a heavy grocery bag. I can now lift that. Maybe I can take the trash out finally. It's great. So, uh, Josh, I got nothing. I was pretty good off the rails too much. A great week of jujitsu. If you haven't seen the match we talked about, we only talked about like it. nine matches. Go back and watch those matches. It was a super fun week of jujitsu. Um, I'm going to read rules for ADCC. I'm going to text Josh a lot this week for like, hey, rules. Um, hopefully, they are filming a seminar for rules for ADCC. And they're going to put out ADCC and Mojassum and that whole crew is going to put it out and edit it on YouTube. That'd so you sick. should be able to actually watch the entire rules seminar and like actually all the ADCC rules coming up in a really digestible format coming up in the next couple of weeks. So that will be an awesome resource for the community because ADCC is where it's at. I want to see more events, more pro events, more like like events that we cover do ADCC rules. I think it's a great rule set until, you know, it, I'm shown otherwise. I want to see more of it. I do not know why we are not using that rule set more. So that's all I got, Josh. As always, in the show, I'm your host, Maine, my co-host, Josh. And we are the Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mats, whatever that is. Stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show, and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time, and thank you.